Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Have you got that? Oh, you have it turned on? You're fucking on the ball today, my friend. You're on the ball. You're getting very good at them um, sounds and them levels and stuff. I think it's very good. The first episode, there was lots of microphone touches and stuff, which was a bit shy. So we'll try and do a bit better with this one. Anyway, welcome everybody to the Digger Dad's Pure Shy Podcast. This is episode number three, and you are joined by the one and only superstar, that is Ryan Gilhooley. Is that your last name? Gilhooley. Yeah, right, okay. What's your middle name? De Jackhammer. No, your legal middle name. De Jackhammer. Oh, you've changed your middle name. Yeah, I didn't like the one my ma gave me. And what was that? Uh, Cecil. Ryan Cecil Gilhooley. Yeah. It doesn't sound great now, does it? It doesn't. It wouldn't be wetting many knickers now. I suppose the jackhammer works then, does it? Works a fucking treat, my friend. Works a fucking treat. How are you doing today anyway? You good? Yeah, not so bad. Woke up this morning out, feeling a bit better, feeling good. Um, got the young fella up for daycare and stuff, got him his breakfast. Uh, Mrs. was getting ready for work, so we had a bit of a play here and she took him off the daycare then because I still can't drive. Still seen two of everything. So um, I have to go back in on Monday as well to have more done to the eyeball. Um, she actually overcorrected it slightly, but it can happen, like it, hap- it happens. So I have to go back in and have it um, taken back the other way just a little bit. So my um, my eyes are functioning properly together. And um, I'm supposed to be going back to work on fucking Tuesday. So I'm not too sure if that's going to fucking happen. Because if I go under another fucking anesthetic, get the eye done, I'm going to be fucked the next day. Like, So we'll have to see what happens. If I'm still seeing two of everything as well, I'm not going back into fucking work. I'm not going to be able to drive two fucking loaders at one time, you know. I don't know. I've seen you drive machines, lad. Fuck off. So you would have always wanted to drive diggers then, is it? I don't know. I don't know if it's ever been something that I've written essays about in school saying I can't wait to grow up and be a fucking digger driver. I think it was just something I kind of stumbled across, you know, working on farms and stuff back home, working on the bog, just watching the stuff move. And then once I kind of got a go at doing it myself, I was hooked to it. You know, it nearly became a fucking addiction. To the point where I'd come home in the evening time, you know, after working 10 or 12 hours, driving the fucking things. And then I'd sit in front of the TV, on YouTube, watching other fellas drive the fucking things. It, it was shocking. I, I don't do it anymore because I've got the young fella that. He keeps me busy in the evening times and, you know, I, I've kind of let go of the, the initial fucking addiction I had for it. But it was also a good thing for me to do because it taught me a lot of stuff early on. You know, kind of gave me a bit of a step ahead. Uh... Not that I wanted to be a step ahead, lads, but just lads that were at the same level as me, the same kind of years doing it. I was always kind of a little bit more knowledgeable in it, knew how to do a certain job. But to anyone that is learning how to do it, there is going to be times where someone is going to take you off a machine to get someone else on it because the job needs to be done a bit faster. That's going to happen, and you need to allow that to happen. You need to keep your head. Put your pride aside. You're just not good enough yet, and that's okay. That's okay. 
what you need to do in that time is to actually pay attention to what's going on. Watch what's been done by the other person who has got the more experience and ask questions afterwards. If you see them doing it a certain way that you never thought to do, ask them why. Or if you think you could do it a different way, ask them why they didn't do it that way. And that'll clear up any kind of reasons as to why your way is no good, his way is better. You know, everyone has their own style, of course, and you will get that as you go. But there are definitely certain ways of doing jobs to be more efficient. And listening to the older ones and the ones that have been doing it for a long time and that look like they know what they're fucking doing. If you look at a lad and a digger who is very good, you would watch him all day. You just stand and watch him all day and admire it. And he is who you want to be fucking following behind, asking the questions, asking if he'll show you certain things. And it, it will come to you. You know, there is that learning curve where you feel like you're not going to get the hang of this at all. But if you really commit to it and you really like doing it, that will be short-lived. That is a short period of your fucking time. Just being around the farm and stuff back home with my friend, you know, his, um, his family had a farm. And through secondary school, like first year, right up until before I left to go to London, I um, spent as much time as I could on that farm with them doing work and, you know, around cattle and sheep and driving tractors and loaders and diggers and stuff, just doing as much as I could. That's where I kind of got the first feel for driving the machines. They had loads of different yokes there. Um, I remember the first thing I really had a go at was their little 50B Massey Ferguson loader with a back actor on it. A fucking old yoke now. An easy enough yoke to drive too. When you step into it, you sit down in the seat and there's two pedals on the right-hand side. One is for forward, one is for back. It's always in gear, you know, and then you've got the left pedal, which is the brake pedal. And then you just have the arm to control the bucket. And it was an easy enough thing to drive, and I was let drive that one quite often, um, just kind of moving it up and down the bog when we were loading turf into it because they had their own bog, you see, and they'd sell turf, and they had this big, massive fucking turf trailer, massive yuck. And it was not efficient enough to pull the thing behind the tractor alongside the raw turf and throw it up by hand or try and throw it up with a fucking beat fork or whatever. So we'd load it into the fucking bucket of this thing and then tip it in to the trailer. And that's what I was allowed to do. I remember the first time I had a go at tipping it into the trailer, I tore the whole side out of the trailer because the way it worked was I wasn't aware that when you were tipping the bucket in, you had to keep lifting the fucking arm up. I'd seen Tommy do it a heap of times. I'd seen his father do it a heap of times. But it never dawned on me when I was actually sitting in the machine. I thought it was high enough. So as I was rolling the bucket into the fucking thing, I never lifted the arm up. And it smacked on the side of the fucking trailer and knocked the side off the fucking thing. And that was a learning curve. I never did it again. You know, you're going to do some stuff like that when you first start out. You're going to break something. You're going to fucking hit the bucket off of something. It happens. Try not to stress too much. Someone might give out, but... Take it as a fucking learning curve, take the licks, take it on the chin and just keep fucking going. But I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was a, it was a good time driving uh, Massey Ferguson tractors and John Deere's. I remember, I remember I had my first go on a John Deere. And it was different, you see, because I was used to the gear stick in the tractors being down between your legs, down at, the, at your feet. like. And this John Deere was a 6300, an old enough yoke now, I think. But when I was in it, it, um, it was a fairly new one. And the gears was up on the right-hand side, up high enough where you could kind of put your arm up on it, like a console where you could rest your arm up on it. And with the masses and all that, the gears are usually numbered, whereas these ones were fucking lettered. So that threw me off straight away, even though it's the same concept. I was only 13 or 14 at the time. It just threw me straight off. And I remember saying to Tommy when I climbed up into it, he just said, drive that one into the shed there 
I need to bring the Massey with the fucking uh, front bucket on it up towards the silage pit and get a bucket of silage for the cattle and stuff. We were just doing a bit of feeding and that. So I jumped up into the thing and completely threw me off. I was like, what the fuck do I do here? I know I have to clutch. I know I have to put it in gear, but what gear do I put it in? There's A, B, C, D. I'm used to one, two, three, you know. And I called him. I said, fuck lad, how do I drive this fucking thing? He said, it's a tractor, you cunt. It's the same as the rest of them. I said, I don't know how to drive it. I said, what gear do I put into? He said, A is fucking number one, you tick towny. B is two. Three is fucking C, you know. So um, a lot of stuff like that I never really comprehended quick enough. So there was a few times where I was told I was a bit of a fucking towny and fuck back into the town, you hoory, you're useless. And, you know, just acting the bollocks. But we had some fucking good times on that farm. Fucking great crack. I'd say you're a rough whore on the gear now. I remember when I was like five or six or something, my, um, my dad got a digger into the yard. Like a little small Takuchi thing, a little two-ton thing. And myself and my brother were allowed to sit up on it and, and dig a big hole. <laughs> it was fucking class. Because my father was like building a shed in the backyard and he had some proper people in to do it. And they were doing the groundworks and we saw this digger on. I was like, quiet, I want to have a drive on that. And the fellow that owned the digger and was doing his job said, no problem, just jump up there. I'll park it in the middle of the yard so you can't do much harm with it. And just have a good go. And the two of us, myself and my brother, we were together, sitting in the machine at the same time. And we dug a great big hole in the yard. Probably too much. At one stage, my father started shouting, and he said, you're fucking up my garden. So, that was a good time. There's loads of scammers out there now, isn't there? Oh, lad. I get text messages, emails, phone calls from all these fucking robots every single day. And if you're not careful... If you click into one of these dodgy fucking links in a text message or an email, you're going to get fucking swindled. Um, I actually got a text message this morning to say that they tried to attempt to deliver my parcel, something in which I didn't even know I was getting, and they could not find anyone to receive the parcel. I've been here all fucking morning. I've been here. They tried to deliver it, but nobody was here apparently. And to track my order and find out where it is, I need to go to http.com forward slash that's the website http forward slash because it's all like letters and symbols and it doesn't make any sense so I've decided they can keep that package and it was another one the other day they actually delivered the wrong package because my dad went to the door and there was a box at the door and it was actually for Ann Summers and there's no Ann Summers that lives here so my ma said that she knows um, Ann Summers. Ann Summers is at work, she said. So um, she has the box now she's going to take in to work for her. Sure, Ann Summers is that fucking sex shop, lad. Where the women go off and buy all the lingerie and the fucking diddlos and the old handcuffs for the sex and that. No, it's not. Ann Summers works with my ma. Ma even said she does the photocopying at work. Double-sided as well. She, she has her package and she's taking it into her. I don't know, lad. Could be right, but... Pretty sure there is an Ann Summers that sells all the diddlos and stuff. Yeah, but that's not it, alright? You're not allowed, you're not allowed to say that on here. That's naughty stuff. It's a podcast, lad. If people don't like to listen to it, they can stop listening to it. Yeah, but I don't know if we're allowed to talk about sex and stuff. Yes, we are. Oh, okay, but my ma didn't buy stuff from them places. Okay, alright. But yeah, the scamming, it's not great, is it? No, it's not, and there's lots of old people that are getting affected by it too. I remember I went into the post office the other day to the P.O. box because I got something in the P.O. box and there was loads of people in the queue 
and they were saying that they got links on their phones to say that there was a package needing to be collected, but when they tapped into the link, the post office took money off them. And the people in the post office were trying to explain that these links are dangerous. These are for scammers. Yeah, because they'll send you a link. And nowadays they're getting better at it. They'll send you a link that looks like it comes from the post office or comes from the government. But if you look carefully, it does have some letters that are a little bit fucking telltale. Or if you read the message itself, it usually has spelling mistakes. Because a lot of these places that are doing the scamming are non-English speakers. Very good with technology, very crafty, but their English and their lack of English literacy lets them down because they make spelling mistakes and they just don't quite polish it enough to make it really, really convincing. But there is people that fall for it. The older people in particular, not used to working the phones and stuff, so they just tap stuff all the time. You know, it's it's a shame that people feel the need to do that, but it's uh, their way of making fucking easy money. Easy fucking money for them. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I got a phone call one time where I was offered something that I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't comprehend it. It was massive. And I thought it was a fucking scam. But it turned out to be legit, and I couldn't take it on. I couldn't take it on. It was just too short notice. And there's a whole story behind this. So it was around 2019, and in around St. Patrick's Day, Mother's Day type of time, you know? And RTE back home, the television network, were wanting people, there's a fucking weapon of a car after driving past my house. You're probably after hearing it. And RTE were wanting people that were abroad to send home videos for St. Patrick's Day, you know? Saying hello to your family, your friends, you know, where you're from, where you're living, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, fuck it. Ten second video, wearing the Offaly jersey, standing out on a sunny day. Well, how's it going? <laughs> Offaly lad here in Brisbane, Australia, how are you getting on? You know, just just pure shite. It was a harmless enough video now. In my eyes, I thought it was fucking harmless. So when you were sending the video, you had to leave your name, your email address and your number and all that kind of stuff to register the video to RTE. And... I remember I was sat at home then one evening after having the dinner watching the telly and my phone rang and it was an Irish number but it was a number I didn't know. It wasn't me ma or anyone else. So I thought, fuck, who's that? So I answered anyway and it was a girl called Kate and she just so happened to work for the Late Late Show, RTE. And I thought, fuck, how are you getting on like? And she said, we have your video. We really fucking like it. We think it's really good like. Would you mind if we played that live on air for your mother? Just just because we really liked the video. I said, not a bother. She said, do you think your mother would like that? We'll get her up into the studio, like, and she can see it live on the screen. But she won't know what's happening. We'll just say she won tickets. That's absolutely. My mother's pure crack, like. Pure crack. So anyway, that was fine. I said, go ahead, no bother. It's uh, 8 o'clock at night here nearly. I'm ready to go to bed, like. So said me goodbye. She said she'd send me an email to let me know of the times and stuff and anything else she might need from me. So I was heading off to bed anyway. My phone rang. It was about nine o'clock this time. It was her again. And she said, I've got a better idea. How would you like if we did like a Skype call? You know, you're in Australia, obviously, but your mother's in the audience and we do like a Skype and you're going to be on the big screen behind Ryan or wherever the big screen is on the Late Late Show. 
and you can just have a chat with your ma and just do it all over the over the air and just it'll be a nice moment beautiful you know we've done this stuff before how would you think your ma would cope with something like that i said like i said before my man's pure crack wait till you hear her fucking laughing no bother at all i said i'm sure she'd be happy with that i'd be happy enough to do that it's a bit of crack like a bit of fun so yeah i'll happily do that and she said to me then i need to get your mother's uh, phone number and email address now i was a little bit hesitant to do this but for some reason i just said okay i'll give it to you so I did, and if anything was to happen, a scam-wise, I would have been fucking absolutely kicking myself because I gave out my mother's phone number. She then rang me again an hour later. It's like 10 o'clock. I was just about to sleep in bed after watching some videos on my phone. And she rang me, and she said, look, she said, I'm going to offer something to you. She said, it's going to sound fucking mental. This is what she was saying to me on the phone. She said, it's going to sound fucking mental, but hear me out, and we can make this happen. So my missus was beside me in the bed. She's like, who is on the fucking phone? And I kind of hid the phone so she couldn't hear me. I said, is she one from fucking RT again? She said, what the fuck does she want? I said, I don't know. So I went down the stairs and I was talking on the phone. <laughs> and your one says to me, how would you like for us to fly you and your wife home here to Ireland for 10 days? And we'll put you up in a hotel the night before the Late Late Show so no one knows you're here. And you can meet Ryan, Ryan Tuberty the next day and have a chat with him and go through what needs to happen and all this kind of stuff and kind of give you times and routines and all this kind of jazz. And then your mother is going to be in the audience expecting the Skype call. And then when that's going to happen, rather than you come up on Skype, the doors are going to open and you're going to walk out onto the fucking stage. I said, Jesus Christ, are you fucking serious like? She said, honest to God, she said, we've done this before. She said, it's just after coming to me now and I really think it'll be something special. I said, you know what, that'd be fucking mad like. That'd be pure crack. And um, she said, how would your mother cope? I said, my mother would have a fucking heart attack right there. But it's definitely something that I would love to do, you know. And I was absolutely just up in the clouds. My head was all over the place. I couldn't believe what was being offered to me. Like, they were going to fly me and the wife home, put us up, you know, give us a 10-day fucking stay there. You know, all that kind of stuff. I says to her, Jesus Christ, when do you want to do this deck? And she said, oh, I have the flights here now. I'm looking at them. And I think it was a Tuesday she rang me on. And she said, oh, we can fly you out on the Thursday. I was like, this fucking Thursday? She said, yeah. I was like, Jesus, I, I, I don't know, like a fucking, that's short notice, like. I haven't got a lot of time to to sort some stuff out. I've got stuff going on here that, with work and my wife's got work and can't really just drop everything I suppose and I was really really thinking about it realistically I couldn't do it you know it was just too short notice because I literally had to fly out the next day and she gave me very little time which was fine you know it it couldn't be helped it was something that they just kind of came up with there and then I couldn't really take them up on it but fuck could you imagine doing that my mother would not be the same again she would have had a fucking fit (laughs) but to be fair it didn't turn out to be a scam after because they still gave my mother her um, her tickets and stuff to go up to the show and she sat in the live show and uh, Rod Stewart actually replaced me. <laughs> so where I was meant to come out, um, they, they put Rod Stewart in instead. Um, she got up there and she got to see it live and it was great for her and she was with her fella as well and they had a good time and got some fucking free stuff. So um, uh, shout out to RT there in the Late Late Show. What a fucking... Um, what a moment that was. I, I'm very sorry I couldn't take you up in your offer that time and I hope I didn't throw you out too much, but 
it was just far too soon, far too much fucking short notice for me. But Jesus Christ, my head was in the clouds, hey. This again is a part of the podcast where I ask Ryan five quick fire questions and I expect five quick fire answers. These ones are a little bit different. Are you ready? Yep. I did good on the very first round, so I'm ready for these ones. Okay, let's go. Say a word in Spanish. A buongiorno. Place you most want to travel. Longford. What's for dinner tonight? Chicken panani. Godfather or Star Wars? Eh, me godfather, because he gives me money. Are women complicated? Very. So we're coming towards the end of the podcast, I think. So do you, do you mind if I ask you a quick question that I think everyone wants to know the answer to? Yeah, go ahead. So being out in Australia now, what is it you miss most about home? You want the honest answer? Me ma, me family. You know, I've got a lot of family there. Me nanny, especially as well. You know, she's a woman that's not getting any younger. Still a mighty looking woman, like a mighty woman. She makes the best brown bread in that fucking country, I tell you that. And anyone, man, woman or dog, that says their nanny does it better, I'll fight you. I'll fight you. My nanny makes a fine loaf of bread. But like I said, she's not getting any younger. And being this far away, you absolutely hope and pray that you're never going to get a phone call to say, come on, we need you to come home. Um, it Eventually it's going to happen more than once, like. but that's the hardest part. Not seeing the people you know. Not seeing the people you grew up with, the people you love the most. My son, he's not seeing my family. And I've got mixed feelings towards some of my family members. You know, close family and extended family. But there is people in my life that I care deeply for. And I really wish my son could spend that physical time with him. Not just time on the screen, like. You know, the physical time. And that's the hardest part. So having a family out here, as much as I love it out here, I love my life here. I just, I do miss my friends. I do miss my family. I do wish I could spend more time with them. But I can't. And this is my choice and this is what I'm doing. And I'm happy enough to do it. I know I'm emotional now, but it is sad. It is the sad reality of being this far away from everyone you know. And it's not as easy now as people think to just jump on a plane whenever you like and fly home. Like you have to, you have to take loads of things into consideration. You have to put your life on hold here for a period of time because you can't just go home for a weekend. You have to go home for three or four weeks. And then, you know, when you've got kids as well, they're tricky enough on a plane. And my son, like I said in the first podcast, he he's got autism, so. As great as he is and as wonderful as he is and as easy as he usually is, there are some moments where it's very, very difficult. And those moments are very difficult in a big house. How is he going to cope with the plane? How is he going to cope with being in the pressurised cab, the ears popping, you know, the sudden takeoff on the runway, that momentum you feel on the plane, landing, you know, trying to sleep? Because he's at the age now where he has to have his own seat. He can't just sit on us. Seatbelt signs come up. That child needs to sit down in the seat with a seatbelt on. And he's a child that you can't hold down. You can't hold him down. So there's there's a lot of stuff you have to take into account. As much as I'd love to take him home there tomorrow and fucking spend a week there with my family and then spend a week there with all of my fans drinking pints. As lovely as that sounds, you know, 
it's just something that I really have to try and think about and work around and find the best time for me to go home. But I do really want to go home as soon as I can. Obviously, spend as much time as I can with my family and the people that I know. And then obviously put some time into people that have given me the opportunity to do this. That have given me the chance to express myself in my TikTok videos, my Instagram stuff, whatever I do. And this podcast and stuff. Because you people that are listening to this and that follow me on my social medias. You're the ones that's helping me do this. You're the ones that's putting me out there. You're the ones that are sharing my stuff. So if you think I'm coming home to Ireland, whatever time that is, and not fucking trying to see some of you people, you better fucking think again. Pints will be had. And some of you better fucking show up. Because I'll block you from my account. And you won't see my videos anymore. <laughs> but lads, I'm, I'm sorry I am... Um, I had a cry there. I know it's okay to cry and people say, don't apologize for crying. I just hope it doesn't fuck up the sound. That's all. And that that's the realistic um, view on it. You know, you are a long way from home. For anyone that is coming out, you really need to take it into consideration how far you actually are away from your family and your friends. And if you're hell-bent on Ireland being number one in the world, coming this far is probably not going to suit you. You are going to feel the homesick and it's going to be harder for you to get over it. And some people do come out here and they don't like it. You know, they can't cope with the distance. They can't cope with the culture shock, the change in lifestyle, the weather. You know, how expensive stuff seems before you kind of get really going at work and stuff. You know, there are people that don't like it. It's not a complete paradise for everybody. It's just a matter of taste. So take all of those things into consideration before making the move. If you are looking to kind of get out of Ireland, I do what I did. I kind of stepped to England and then stepped down. I never really chose to do it that way. That's just how it happened. But I feel that that helped me. If I was to go straight from Dangan, County Offaly, to fucking Brisbane, Australia, I just, at the time when I was 19, I would have just thought, fuck, that's massive. That's a culture shock. I'm going to fucking go mental. You know, it it was tough enough starting out in London at 19 with no money. Um, You probably can't start out in Australia at 19 with no money. You need to have some kind of money. So, um. I'm glad I did it the way I did it and it worked out the way it worked out. But there are some factors you need to consider. It may not be for you. It is a long way from fucking home and it gets fucking hot in some places. So it's a hard thing to make friends in foreign countries. Like you have the Facebook groups and that, you know, every place will have one. Irish in Port or Irish around Brisbane where I am. Irish in London, Irish in New York. There'll be one in fucking Venezuela, you better believe. You know, they're very good at bringing people together, community, you know, giving you a bit of home, away from home, and understanding that people are first here, they want to know what's going on as quick as they can. So they advertise loads of stuff, they help with jobs, they help with uh, places to stay, rooms to rent, houses to rent, uh, buying a cheap car when you first get here, these places are good for that. And they advertise all the clubs and stuff, you know, GA clubs, Irish societies and all this type of thing, just to kind of get people in and get people comfortable, because... When you are here first, it is a lonely space. You know, even if you do come with friends, you do miss the home, you do miss your family. So I think it's, um, it depends how you approach it, I suppose. But I think if you you have that kind of approach of going through social media and trying to meet up with people through coffees and stuff, people have organized events and all this type of thing, it is a very uh, easy place to do it. Uh, Speaking of friends, I do have stuff I want to say. As you all know, I spend a bit of time in my evenings writing down some stuff to motivate me in life and spur me on and just kind of get me going this is all my own stuff guys people do think that it's from like 
other people's stuff, but this is all me, guys. This is all me. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read something I wrote now about being friends. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, just remember what your old pal said. You've got a friend in me. Yep. You do. You've got a friend in me. Lad, that's fucking Toy Story. You're getting out of hand with these things now. What about copyrights and stuff? That's not Toy Story. That is fucking Toy Story. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. God, you turned that into a song very fast. Because it's already a fucking song, lad. It's from the show or the film Toy Story. Well, I didn't take that from there. Maybe the person that was singing that song for Toy Story was actually thinking the same things as me when he wrote it down. Did that ever cross your mind? I don't know, lad. I think you're just taking this stuff off the fucking internet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying to help people with their mental state. And you're, you're picking on me now. I'm not. I'm only saying you need to be careful with what you're writing down in case we get copyrighted. What about that fucking song at the start and the end of the podcast there? That's not your song. No, but I bought the rights to that song. How? That is a famous song in Ireland called Marie's Wedding. And the reason I can use that without getting into any trouble is because I bought the fucking rights to use that version of that song. Okay, so how it works? Yes, so you need to be careful with what you're saying on here. Okay, sorry then. We're coming up to the end of the podcast now. Ryan, have you got any messages you want to send out to the fans there? I just want to thank the fans. Rainy, you know, without the fans, we, should I say you, because you are in fact a grown man who is sat in his kitchen on his own, talking to himself as two people. And in the real world, that is fucked up. That's not right. And anyone that is listening to that kind of thing really is as mental as you are. So, round of applause to these people for putting up with that kind of nonsense. But there's one fan in particular that I do want to give shout out to. This fan has been number one from as far back as I lost my virginity on the phone screens. From as far back as I made my debut. And her name is Melissa. She is the number one Ryan fan. She wants to marry the Jackhammer. Does the Jackhammer have some sex appeal? Clearly. But sadly, Melissa, I, I, I cannot accept. I cannot accept. But I do appreciate all of your support. And you are a treasure in the Gahooli house. Absolutely. Well, Melissa, thanks very much for being Ryan's number one supporter. And thank you everyone for listening. And remember, it's okay to talk. Don't keep stuff bottled in. Fucking let people know if you're feeling sad, lads. It's all right. No bother at all. Do you want to have some food, Ryan? Are you going to cook some rashers? Yeah, come on. Let's have some food. See you later, lads. Take it easy. Bye.